gay to a company out of the UK. So <laughs> awesome. Oh, very cool. What are you most excited to share with people on the show? Oh, I just love to share my story and hopefully inspire others because, um, you know, I love to travel and I love business and having now been able to combine that. All right. Welcome in to Vision Pros Live with Jackson Callum. I'm your show host. We will be doing interviews for visionary entrepreneurs and guests, guest leaders who are building fantastic visions out there. Ultimately, I just want to go through some of the things that might help you with your vision. If you have a vision that you're pursuing, drop a link in the comments and let us know what that is. If that's a business or a brand, um, if it's a nonprofit that you run, be happy to promote it, be happy to talk to you about it. And if you'd like to apply to be on Vision Pros and be interviewed about that vision, then by all means, feel free to reach out. Hey, what's up, Vision Pros, and welcome in. I'm your host, Jackson Callum, founder of First Class Business. I'm so excited to have Kate McGregor on of Out of Office. Um, she's based out of New Zealand. She builds courses and creates products with people exclusively in Kajabi. Um, great platform, by the way. I'm excited to talk to her about the growth of both that platform and what she's doing and, and her continued uh, insights, perhaps, into where Kajabi's going with that. Um, it's a learning management system. If you're a course creator, it's a great place to get started. But even if you want to get started with super easy tools, it's important to recognize there's just so much to do when you're trying to build and trying to promote yourself and trying to promote what it is you're putting out to the world and sustain your students or your alumni or your members or whatever you want to call the people that are learning from you. There's always so much to do. It's great to have a super team behind you. And she represents one of those super teams. So we'll be bringing her on just a minute. Uh, another shout out to our sponsors, Epiphany and AbleHealth.us. Uh, both of them are on the screen up here right above my head. Um, you can check both those out. And of course, we would love to see you contribute to, get my hand in the right place, the water project. Um, so if you have an extra dollar to spare, please help those who do not have um, you know, water, clean drinking water, uh, water to wash their clothes with, things like that. It's really, really cool what the water project's up to. You can actually see exactly how their program works and follow in real time what happens with the donation that you contribute to those projects. So um, my voice sounds a little bit off because I actually have strep throat today um and not fun um but it's still important to show up and provide value i've taken most of the day off um letting my sore sore throat soothe with different teas um and different letting the team take care of things but uh at the same time we have as they say the show must go on um so i'm happy to be here i'm excited for kate to come on i'm excited for the value we're going to put down today so Thank you for being here. Thank you for honoring me with your time. We're going to do the same and throw out some real value today. So, Kate, without further ado, thank you so much for being here. I'm glad to have you on the show, and I'm glad I can't pass this strep throat to you through the screen. What a wonderful thing. Um, so, Kate, good to have you today. Hey, everyone. Hey, thanks so much, Jackson. Yeah, your strep throat. Oh, I'm so sorry. Hey, that's <laughs> all right. That's all right. We are in office today. We're not out of the office, but it is fun to be able to of course, take those types of, of breaks when we need them, when we want them. Right now, there's really no place I'd rather be here than talking to you and Jaime um, and, and throwing down value. So, um, Kate, talk to me. What what are you most excited to give people today? And, and what should people, what should people, who, who are the types of people that should be listening and why should they listen to you? 
Well, I think um, we connected at the Kajabi conference. Uh, I'm a big Kajabi fan. So anyone that is already using Kajabi or looking for an all-in-one management system um, for their online digital products is a good place to start. But a big part of uh, my why and my business name as well is about having that, I don't like to say business life uh, balance, but because I don't believe there is anymore a, a, you know, a balance that we're trying to achieve, I think it's all merged in together. So those that are just trying to really enjoy their lives now, not waiting from the nine to five end of year, end of retirement um, time when we may not have that, it's never promised for us. So that's really a big part of, uh, of my, what I talk to is um, maximizing your time so that you can be doing as much of what you love to do. Yes. I love that. So the, uh, again, out of office and being able to have, uh, you said maybe not a balance, um, but the ability to focus in on what's most important in life. Talk to me more about that. Yeah, I think um, for me, I'll talk to my story a little bit. Um, yeah. For the longest time, I worked in um, corporate and uh, projects as admin coordinator, manager, um, government, uh, yeah, all sorts. Uh, lots of really cool industries that I worked all the hours and all the weekends, though. So I was constant burnout. Um, and I love to travel. So I had worked in the travel industry. I worked in the conference industry. Um, and eventually I was like, I just need to find a way that I can actually enjoy my travel and still be able to live, make money, earn online. So I started the entrepreneurial route about five, six years ago. Um, and uh, I started helping people online with the skills that I had, like a virtual assistant, social media, and eventually just kind of um, niched and found my people and my audience in helping people with their online businesses on Kajabi. What that's allowed me to do is work from anywhere. My business name is out of office. I love to travel, as I said. So I've been able to actually my ultimate, I hate winter. So I try to escape New Zealand every winter. Um, I think some people call that snowbirds or endless yes. summer. Uh, that's, that's what I do. So, um, except with the exception of this winter, <laughs> I am I'm holding it out in New Zealand uh, for personal reasons, but um, yeah, so that's that's where I've got to, and um, that is now, you know, although it started as my why, it's also something I'm really passionate about for the people that I help. Interesting. Uh, is, is them getting more of that life balance as well. So uh, by me being able to help them or escalate the support that they get, then then they freeze them up to have some more lovely time that they don't need to get frustrated with technical issues and things. So how many years have you been building on the Kajabi platform now? Um, five years on the Kajabi platform. Yeah. Okay. Um, started awesome. out from myself actually looking at Kajabi uh, to create a uh, social media course um, when I was helping people with social media marketing. Um, and I actually, I did create that course, but it never made it onto Kajabi. Uh, the, that's when the pandemic hit. I ended up just giving that away for free, that course to help people as much in the first lockdown as I could. And then I honed in on just helping as many businesses as I could in a virtual assistant capacity. And from that, one of my clients actually needed Kajabi, needed an online platform where they could host their programs, their online products, because they were no longer able to be in person. As we know, in the first during the first part of the lockdown, all the businesses that had been operating in person needed some kind of online capacity if they hadn't had it already. So, um, yeah, so I, I helped her out, fell in love with Kajabi, um, helped as many people spread the word. Um, I'm based in New Zealand, and five years ago, Kajabi wasn't a big 
known platform here in New Zealand. Um, it's a lot more now, but yeah, I would say probably 70% of my clients now are still New Zealanders that I'm helping with Kajabi. Awesome. Yeah. I don't know yeah. a whole lot about New Zealand. How many, how many, what's the population of New Zealand? Just under 5 million. Under 5 million. Okay. It's quite yeah. the audience. Um, and the, so the, and the tool is newer there, of course. I mean, the tool is quite new everywhere. Um, and so you're, you're in a growing market. Do you help businesses outside of New Zealand as well? Of course. Yeah. 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 I've got clients in uh, the U S in the States. I've got clients that are already doing similar thing to me in terms of being like digital nomads. So they're often moving around as well. Um, yeah, all over. Awesome. Obviously this online space has no boundary restrictions anymore for us. So it doesn't. And that's where you talk about that overlap and that that meshing of of kind of losing sight of the balance. Um, but at the same time, you're helping people understand the value of getting out of the office. Uh, you mentioned your work past. Um, what did the daily grind look like? Um, you know, of, of one or two of your different careers prior to making the switch to out of office? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I had quite two kind of different parts of careers. I had um, what some would perceive as the fun jobs, you know, or Kate works in such a fun job in the travel industry and in the conference industry. So in the travel industry, I was nine to five-ish <laughs> uh, working, organizing people's tours, um, kind of like group trips and things, and then taking people on the group trips as well, like a tour guide. Um, so that involved wow. a lot of, far more than nine to five, a lot more out of office time literally um but at me as the you know the tour guide the person that gets asked all the questions that fixes all the things that takes people to hospital that does all that so it was a lot of it was fun while while I did it but it but in the end it you know it caused a lot of burnout because it was constant I couldn't have really any other life outside of that even though it was mm. fun you know I couldn't I had to miss birthdays I had to miss holidays um with friends and things because I had commitments similar in the conference industry um, they say conference industry, working in the conference industry looks like centerpieces and cocktails when actually you're like, you know, under the table trying to reconnect power and doing things like that. So, um, yeah, right. so that was the, the fun industries that I worked in. Obviously, a lot of amazing skills in terms of working fast paced, dealing with conflict um, and on, dealing with things on the run. Then I moved wow. into far more of what I wanted at the time, a nine to five job that wasn't going to take my weekends and, and lifestyle away. And that was more in the government sector. So um, working on projects as a project coordinator. And that's actually how I took my first step into becoming a digital nomad. I would work six month contracts in an office, which was literally nine to five commuting Monday to Friday um, and then head away for winter. That's how I started doing it um, and had just saved my money and then, began looking at the online space then as to what I could do while I was away traveling. Good for you. So you've, you've in one way or another managed to find balance throughout the process, um, you know, and, and uh, do a lot of very extremely different types of, of work. You know, this isn't like everyday stuff. Like I was a teacher, I was a police, mm -hmm. you know, police, a lawyer, whatever. Yeah. You've, how did you, uh, how did you get inspired to get on that track? Um, on my track of like entrepreneurship or, I mean, I guess you could call it that just this, you know, you, again, you, you don't fit into one of the typical career hats. Um, you know, you've yeah. got a lot of very cool, 
interesting careers. Um, yeah, I've, and I've worked a lot of jobs, and that used to be a thing for me, you know, that I had this CV with all these jobs. And that's purely because uh, I lived in the UK in London for 10 years. Uh, when I first went to London, um, it, it was very common to have a temp job. Like there were a lot of temporary jobs around where you would just mm. fill in for someone that was on holiday. It gave you a lot of flexibility and freedom, which I guess is something I've always been craving my whole life. So um, so I would work the temp jobs, maybe three months temp job, and then go away, travel around Europe for three months. Um, obviously, my love of travel took over, and that's when I got into the travel industry while I lived in the UK. So I used to take people on tours of all the festivals around Europe, <laughs> like mm-hmm. um, Oktoberfest and running of the bulls and the tomato fight and things. So, um, yeah, and that was in my wow. 20s, you know, when I had all the energy and, <laughs> and sleep uh, and things. Yeah. Okay. So, so um, you said you were always craving flexibility and freedom. Is there something that drove you to want to, that drove you to crave that? I think just the love of travel. Because, wow. you know, if you... Yeah. So, I mean, I guess coming from New Zealand too, though, um, it's good to understand uh, the difference in how things work. So in New Zealand, if you work a nine to five job for any kind of mainstream company, corporate or government, Mm -hmm. you by law get four weeks holiday a year. Um, So that's a lot more than some countries get. Um, However, New Zealand is far away from everywhere. So usually when we travel, we go for for a long period. So we would go on holiday for four weeks a year or longer <laughs> um, rather than just a week or a, a long weekend overseas because we had to fly so far to get anywhere. So, yeah, and then when I got to London, you can literally go to Spain for the weekend. Like that's nice. That's really achievable as opposed to us in New Zealand having to fly for hours. So, um, yeah, so I guess that's where that travel addiction kicked in. And, mm-hmm. and then throughout my time in London was just finding ways to be able to travel as much as I could, see the world. That's awesome. Okay, well, uh, those of you who are listening, um, you know, who are in a culture where the work-life balance isn't, is, hasn't been as common, thank goodness for Tim Ferriss and the 4-Hour Workweek. Um, and thank goodness for yeah. the examples like Kate, who have gotten out there and, and lived yeah. that. Um, so. Tim's book was probably one of the first books that I read when I started really looking into this like going full time in this journey um and like so many it was probably like a moment of burnout that I was like like something needs to change this can't be life <laughs> like going to work in the dark in the winter coming home in the dark um, what was that burnout for you where was that oh I think it was just uh particular jobs that I worked in uh, at that time in government um just feeling really like purposeless I guess in my job as well so um you know one particular job I was brought in literally to be the cover for a person who probably wasn't that well and didn't turn up to work that much so I sat waiting to be called on to do some work (laughs) as the cover person I was paid very nicely for it um but you know to me that didn't fit well with my morals probably and just whatever I'm you know like what are we here to do like why am I sitting at a desk wasting my life (laughs) so yeah that's what sparked it I didn't have a lot of belief in at the start as to that I could actually do anything like this um that I could travel the world as much as I wanted to and work online um but I had a really great coach at the time that believed far more than me and questioned me and um and pushed me really uh to just make it happen that's awesome you still working with a coach always the Always. same coach like, or a different one or more multiple, multiple. coaches actually my current business coach i've been working with for four years 
So just sort of at the start of the pandemic, just before the pandemic, we started working together. Yeah. And um, I will be stuck together for life, I think. Uh, yeah. But I work with various, you know, she's a business coach. I do periods of working with life coaches. Um, I'm about to uh, work again with a, a business financial coach. Um, yeah. Good for Big you. believer in having that help and support. Absolutely. Great insight again for everybody who's listening in. Um, you know, I find that the the best and the brightest uh, tend to have an ever expanding list of coaches they're working with uh, to help them optimize and become better at what they do. Um, so that uh, again, that travel insights awesome. Um, let's let's look at uh, some of these business models. They may not have looked at um, you know like okay, should I? There's businesses who aren't aware of learning management software and how it can impact their clients well. Um, they may not even realize how you can shift into that or why. So if you were to look at a standard business, um, you know, a small to medium business, whether it be a chiropractor's office, um, a, heck, a restaurant um, and a what else? Like a, a life insurance person. Um, why in the world would they want to use something like Kajabi? And what could they what would it what would it do for them to build an online product or base for what it is they're doing yeah there's i mean there's multiple ways multiple things that it can help with and and ways of using a learning management system like kajabi um but i think a big part of my learning journey as an entrepreneur has been that having multiple streams of income is important and i think unfortunately a lot of people learned that during the pandemic as well so um but uh, for uh, traditional businesses like that or, you know, that are in-person, face-to-face, customer-serving businesses, um, it can be used really nicely as an a, a, um, employee onboarding tool. Mm. So training up employees, um, ongoing health and safety uh, training for your employees or any kind of personal professional development that they may need to keep up to date with in their roles. Um, and then, of course, for the business owners, it's an opportunity to um, have another range of a diverse range of income. I was just speaking to someone yesterday, actually, that I connected with on LinkedIn who owns a um, and he'll probably see this <laughs> this video. So hi, um, who owns a speaking agency. So he um, you know, brings in speakers to then co- go and speak book speakers for conferences and and MCs and things um and he was asking me about Kajabi and the capacity and you know the ideas that were coming up in my head were you know are there up-and-coming people that would be great as speakers but just need the training and confidence or in certain aspects of being on stage or uh running a conference or you know so there's all the different aspects and I think it's all about listening to what people are asking you for um, as well, what your customers or even your employees are, are constantly asking. What are the, or what are the common um, uh, lack of confidence that people have, or questions that people have for you and your business? Yeah, and then being able to to figure that out from there. Well said. It, it has proven to be a great training platform. Um, on our side, we've used it for our our sales and our foundation training, and it helps to have an interactive interface where uh, we can test for not only give the material what's supposed to be trained, but also have quizzes or assessments on the back end that test for comprehension. Um, yeah. Make sure that people aren't yeah. just going through the motions, but they're learning how to use the information. That's right. That's right. It's something we've seen massively come out of um, the other side of the pandemic, I think, um, is 
the need for more interaction and accountability in like within the courses or within the online learning rather than just the um, what we know is the evergreen model, buy the course, go away and do it. It's up to you. Um, that's definitely something that everyone indulged in, I think, during during the pandemic. And people are quite screen tired. Um, you know, they're zoomed out, they're, um, they're buying things, they're shining, what I call shining object syndrome. They're buying things and putting it in the folder to watch later um, and they never get to it. So, uh, yeah, seeing that hybrid model and, and the quizzes really helps with that. Um, and one of the other things that's really helped with that too has been the communities, um, I think, as well. And that's something I think I didn't touch on with the traditional businesses. Um, but sometimes a business stems out of something you couldn't even have dreamed of. And uh, when you bring like-minded people together just for the sake of having like-minded people together, you never know what's going to come out of that. So, um, yeah, as long as you're going into, into it with the best intentions, um, then everything's possible. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, you brought up the the change in training with the pandemic and how uh, what, I, what comes to mind for me is that a lot of these companies weren't ready to shift online um, at all. Mm -hmm. They're just kind of pushed into it because of the pandemic. And you don't know what you don't know when you're in scenarios like that. Um, yeah. But one of the things that I've been working from home since 2010, and one of the things that people you know, struggled with, um, with agreeing to adopt me or, or other team members to work with them was like, well, how do we track if they're actually working or not? You know, how do we have the control over that environment yeah. and, and see that? And how do we, again, test for comprehension? I think that's why it's so critical to work with somebody like yourself, um, you know, to figure out, okay, if I'm going to, if I'm going to facilitate an online engagement platform or online learning platform and make sure that people aren't going to get zoomed out like what things, what what tricks and antidotes can I turn to um, in order to make sure that we set this up the right way? So what would you say are some of the some of the dynamics that people overlook when getting ready um, to launch an online product? Yeah, I think a big one, and it's something I'm huge on, um, is the customer experience. So um, always thinking about how the customer is going to consume the content and where else they're going to want to go and look for, for things. So if you have a community and a course, then you need to make sure that they're linked together to, to talk to each other that people can jump through easily. I think when people are setting things up themselves, um, you can be so in the business, so in the content yourself that you can't see the wider scope of, of what else needs to happen or how people need to be communicated with. So, um, yeah, having all the... All this, all the surround wraparound support around um, your online course or or community as well is really important, um, so that people aren't just flapping about in there on their own, um, and or just not even logging in and consuming. Okay, I think as oh. naturally as course creators, you are um, passionate about people that want to consume your course content and and you care about that. So um, you know, I don't maybe it's the people I attract, but I've, I've never worked with anyone that's just wanted to create an online course and then go away and, and not touch it again, you know, and not just make the money out of it. Um, yeah. Cause that doesn't work. You and I know that that doesn't work. You know, it has to have the passion behind it and the, and the energy and the human touch behind it. Yeah. Something we're, we're hearing a lot of, of, at the moment with AI having come on the scene. Um, but it, yeah, it was the same. I, I related to what you just said about, um, having worked from home since 2010 yourself, 
I remember at the start of the pandemic, I was a, I'm a member, I still am, of the New Zealand Virtual Assistant Association or network. Mm. Uh, and I remember us just all celebrating on a big Zoom drink during the first lockdown that people finally knew who we were, what we did, and they needed us. <laughs> we didn't have yes. to explain what a virtual assistant was anymore and that we're people. <laughs> yeah. Right. I, I call, I like to pick on that and say uh, it, most virtual assistants um, are, are are virtually abused. Um, yeah. you know, they really are, they're taken for granted. They're treated like yeah. a transaction, but the world's starting to come along and, and recognize that, oh, wait a second. If we, you know, if we treat our online relationships with the same respect that we treat our in-person relationships and hopefully always improving on both, uh, then the results also tend to improve and get better. Yeah, yeah so. absolutely. Yeah. You mentioned community. How do you build community online? Doesn't that mean that I've got a bunch of fake friends who, uh, <laughs> um, you know, I, I don't, aren't actually my friends. They're just weird, not robots, but, but yeah. virtual chat geeks. How does yeah. that work? I, I mean, that, that could be some old thought process now too, but now that we've had, you know, nearly almost 20 years of, of Facebook. Um, so does that make you feel old? Like that's old. Doesn't it? Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, there's white hair growing in. This stuff makes me feel old. My yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I think it depends too on what kind of community you're building. If you already have a um, an audience that is kind of begging to be in a private space altogether um, to share what they're sharing, um, to engage with each other, to find networking uh, connections, then that makes a community a lot easier because people already want to be there and they're going to engage. We just had a classic example of that with the Kajabi Hero Live community um, that we were both attended. Amazing, right? That was yes. my first experience of being a uh, customer within a community through the Kajabi app. Um, yeah, and that was a great example of what's possible and the team shared recently as well of how they intentionally put some things in place to make sure that happens so um so engaging with your community is really important being in your community yourself not just setting up a community and letting them go for it so having some kind of strategy as to what the community is for and how you would like people to communicate in there i guess as well and and use the community um yeah this, because if you're building a um, brand new community of people that don't know each other, don't, you know, you're inviting them in and that can be a lot of hard work, you know, getting them to engage. But um, but having the challenges and the meetups and the human touch in there and your, yourself showing up in there um, is is a big part of that. It has to happen. Or else your community I love that. Yeah. And it's, that's the neat thing about showing up authentically. Yeah, it does. Relationships all take work. You yeah, know, I mean, I know every meme in the world says that relationships shouldn't be hard work, but memes don't know. So I don't know anything about, <laughs> um, about real life. Um, so you've you do you've got to facilitate the connections. Um, but just because it's virtual, it doesn't make it any less real. I wouldn't have most of my team members if it wasn't for our virtual opportunity. Most of them are in Colombia or Peru um, yeah. you know, in, in current countries where we wouldn't know each other. Most of my entrepreneurial friends too. Um, so being able to connect online with each other, uh, but of course balance your online versus your offline worlds. Like that's, it, it can be it can be tricky, but it can also be invigorating um, once you've once you've dialed in the right types of audiences. So, what are yeah. some uh, what are some hard aspects of community building 
that you would say pay off um that, that, that should be sustained so that we should consistently you know be be doing you mentioned being zoomed out i'm like well i hope i never get zoomed out um <laughs> you know because i i love my zooms um yeah but i know that if it's like a meeting where you're just like meeting with people you don't want to meet with that can be hard um yeah. but i guess what are what are some of those things that if you maintain with time it gets better um you know and it, it makes it worth it yeah that's an interesting question i think um again you mentioned consistency that can be hard for some people like that can yeah. be really hard for some people keeping consistent um especially if you as the creator of the community also have a whole lot of other things going on behind the scenes that the community doesn't isn't seeing or doesn't see or um if you don't have support with that as well then that's you know you could get easily far removed from your community not putting in the time to engage or be that constant uh content creator giving the value in the community as well um and allowing the community to give value and grow together um yeah so i think consistency is a big one for anyone in any online business <laughs> uh anyway that's uh not everything um i think having a vision is really important obviously but um being flexible on that um and maybe agile is the word on that vision um because your community will grow your community with you <laughs> so they don't know when they join either what that community is going to look like in one one year's time um but together you will grow up together and and you know create whatever it ends up being i think community is similar to like an online community is quite similar to the online course space that we were talking about where having a hybrid um, model is important as well so still maybe this is part of the consistency having regular monthly uh in-person catch-ups online or in person um, as well so that people are seeing your face as the as the creator of the community but seeing each other's faces being able to talk rather than just type um, and join together and whether that's part of the learning of the community so you have a learning piece every week or every month or whether it's just a social aspect um, will depend on what kind of community is and, and what everyone's wanting but um yeah i find with the people that i help the the niche their industry <laughs> the tighter the community is obviously because they've found their people um yeah so mm. there's yeah all sorts of uh people doing all sorts of things that they've found their people in that corner and those communities are so engaged yeah absolutely i think too realizing you don't have to start the community um right no. it doesn't have to be one that you're the chief Boston, um, right? Yeah. The job is a great example of that. They've got yeah. like 40,000 people who are in their Facebook community. Um, and you got leaders like Kate in there who are constantly helping. What it reminds me of, just to, to vision a little bit of what I see when I see Kate, I see HubSpot and I see HubSpot certified expert program. Um, they were kind of one of the original companies who created such a program. Um, and so if anybody were to go to HubSpot and were to check out their certified pros, um, again, you, you get the CRM where you're setting up your customer attention management software and all the marketing stuff that goes along with it. And you get all into these weeds and you realize, holy crap, I can't do all of this. I'm supposed to run my business, not set all this stuff up. Um, and then you're like, well, so who can I get to help me with this? Well, HubSpot was smart enough to build a platform to certify people to start building out what your HubSpot yeah. could work like. And there's thousands and thousands of those. Digitalmarketer.com does the same thing. Kajabi. Yeah 
has been working with their providers to do the same thing. And as Kate and others and, and Kajabi stay consistent with providing value and building up the funds available to continue to enhance that, um, we'll have more and more clarity over who can help in different capacities who you can turn to. So I saw that you actually have a little profile with Kajabi um, as far as like projects, uh, you know, that you're accomplishing. That's pretty cool. How long ago did Kajabi start um, releasing those types of pages? The, is it the Kajabi the experts, yeah, Kajabi experts. Yeah. Um, that has been live for about six months now, maybe less. Wow, Three you are on the cutting edge. Yeah, 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 I'm in there. <laughs> uh, I was one of the beta testers for it, and um, it, it, it was a great example of something customers were begging for. <laughs> um, it was something that Kajabi yeah. didn't have to address. They didn't have to do it. Um, as nope. a business model, but they, the type of company they are, as we know, they care um, yeah. and the customers matter. And, and so they went ahead and filled that gap. So uh, the experts that are part of the Kajabi experts platform are all verified. Um, business owners have worked in Kajabi, have, uh, you know, multiple clients or projects that they've worked on successfully in Kajabi. So they've been vetted by Kajabi in advance. And then uh, customers can jump on there and add their projects and, and all the experts can apply to help them with their projects. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So we just and the payments go through Kajabi. That's that's one of the main reasons uh, they did it is, you know, some people were claiming to be Kajabi experts and unfortunately leaving people high and dry. So um, they really wanted to address that in the industry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. but like you say, a lot of the other main platforms have done that as well. I know MailChimp also has. Um, has uh, professionals that people can select to work with. About time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's good. No, that's, re that's really awesome. I'm glad that they're doing that. And I've, I've also got a little post here. Let me see here. I'm going to present my screen um, where you had, you shared something and I, I actually didn't know it was your share at first. I was just excited to see a hot con here. Um, and so uh, that's pretty cool um, that you're again, posting on their behalf. This is the CEO of, of Kajabi and he's just earned the uh, entrepreneur of the year award for the Pacific yeah. Southwest region. Um, how cool is great, that? Great, hey? It's very cool. He's a great guy. You would have met him at the conference. Um, yes, really great guy. An amazing example of a leader of a, you know, a massive company uh, who could easily sit behind an office wall and uh, hide away, but doesn't. It's the type right. of person and human he is. Um, and I think it shows the great leadership in the company and, the, and everything that follows from that. So, um, yeah, so stoked to see him win that. Um, he would have loved being up on stage giving that victory speech. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real. Oh, absolutely. I can I can imagine uh, the, the humility he expressed as he did so. Um, yeah. that's, just, that's what I saw. I was, a, I was a great leader who put his team first. Um, yeah. We were at the event. So, um, Kate, let's talk about online digital products. Um, you know, if somebody is looking to start an online digital product, um, what are some of the goals that they should have in mind as they get ready to do that? Let's break down some of the, the key goals they should be considering mapping out. Yeah, sure. I think the most important one for me would be what is the end outcome for yourself in the business? So obviously what's part of the business strategy, but also for the customers that are going to purchase that product, um, invest in that product. Um, 
that is a big one. The second big one. Those are two really good ones, well, right? Yeah. Because yeah. I know a lot of people hearing this might be like, well, that seems obvious. It might be seem whatever is obvious to you is fantastic because it means yeah. you have clarity around your own goal and know that everybody who's building something online has different motives, even though it doesn't, it may not seem like it, everybody really does. So you've got to yeah. communicate that clearly with somebody who's building with you. So you said the outcome for yourself, which so many people forget to establish when they are um, people pleasers, when they like yeah. to, to build for other people, they forget about, oh yeah, I should probably make money on this too. And that can lead to failure. <laughs> and there's the other side, there's those who build for themselves, but they don't think about what their audience is getting out of it. Um, so we should also have established it. what's the outcome for the audience. What else? What are some other goals? Um, your current audience uh, versus the audience that's going to you know want to buy this. Uh, so what kind of um, marketing are you going to have to do to build that if it doesn't already exist? Um, the pricing is a big one. Uh, and then I think a massive one that I'll always talk to is obviously your what are, what's your time worth and how much is how much time is this going to take to create and mm. market and maintain manage Ooh, uh, I like and that. is that worth yes. uh, is that worth your time or is that worth having an expert on board to help with that so how much time to create and to manage um, on an ongoing basis. Those are definitely important factors to consider. Yeah. And you spoke at the start of the podcast about, you know, what you don't know, you don't know. And that's fair, right? There's a lot that we learn on this business journey. But I think being surrounded by other business owners, having platforms like this, Jackson, where you're providing so much value by this podcast and business, talking to others i mean the kajabi conference was a great example of just talking to others about their own journey on business and having as much insight as you can like with a business coach everything else you're still going to make the mistakes you know you have to as part of your journey um you know some of them might not be as big and bumpy by having worked with other people or spoken to other people but you don't know what you don't know and if you're surrounded by other people then you can find out a little bit more <laughs> Yes, the community factor is so important there too. Again, that's where the Kajabi community or the first class businesses community going in there and allowing people to ask you questions. It's probably one of the hardest things as uh, somebody who's not quite a leader yet um, and or somebody who's in the beginning stages of being a leader is receiving questions that make you be vulnerable. Um, but those are the yeah. greatest gifts you can have in life. So if somebody's asking you questions that are making you uncomfortable because you don't know the answers, you're probably in a really good spot. Like that's mm -hmm. probably a really good thing to be in. So if Kate's asking you, you know, like, okay, great. Uh, you know, how much time is this going to take to create? Or you're asking her that, and then that gets revealed. And the question comes up, how much time is this going to, you want to dedicate to managing this, right? If you've never thought through that before, I know that the common desire is to run, right? The yeah. common thought is like, oh my gosh, like, don't ask me these questions. I'm outside of my comfort yeah. zone. Like, breathe, breathe and stick with it. You know, keep going, especially when you find somebody who can ask questions that, that do poke holes in your processes and your strategies. That's a good thing. That's a very healthy yeah. thing. Um, yeah. So what else do you do, Kate, to, to make sure you are kind of poking holes in people's processes and bulletproofing people's launches? 
if you don't mind, yeah. mind telling some of those secrets. Yeah, lots of questions. Yeah, so usually when I start working with clients, I'll, we'll jump on a free call together, like a 30-minute call, make sure that um, – or we'll just check where they're at, I guess. Um, and it's probably about all those questions. Like, are you actually – some people will come to me thinking they want to build a digital product, but they don't, haven't thought out any of that. They haven't started to create any content. They don't have a content plan. They don't have an audience. Um yeah, these kind of things. So those kind of questions will help them go away and then start to create those processes and, and get things in place. Um, when I do start working with clients, we I have a checklist. So so I work with various clients. Some of them are technically minded, others not, not at all. So I have to be really aware of that as well, the language I'm using mm. and not to overwhelm. I don't want to ever overwhelm more, people more than when they've, you know, before they came to me. <laughs> so, um, mm. so I have lots of checklists they're all bespoke based on the client I'm working with, asking them um, questions about how things are going to get set up, but also for the content and, and things as well. Um, usually I've done the pre-work understanding the audience or the customers as well in terms of how we're setting things up. So, um, yeah. <laughs> I love that. That's really cool. So to juxtaposition, guys, um, Jackson at First Class Business, I do like to overwhelm people. Um, Kate did not. And that's really cool. If you want somebody who doesn't overwhelm you, then Kate would be the one to work with. I was this close to naming my company overwhelmingmarketing.com. <laughs> yeah. Very, very close. Um, but you know, again, there's different approaches, different styles to how things are done. Um, so, I, think, I mean, yeah. I think naturally the people that are going to get overwhelmed will anyway, uh, <laughs> even despite me trying to stop them from getting overwhelmed. Um, yeah, I'm, I guess I'm there to comfort them in, and just let them know that hand it over to me. I can sort it all <laughs> for you. You can go That's away awesome. and be overwhelmed by something else. Um, yeah, <laughs> That's you know, cool. Because it's actually just that, yeah, it's just some people are overwhelmed more than others at different levels. So, yeah. 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 I like that. Awesome. Um, do you have a, uh, do you have a place where you recommend? Here we go. Jaime is a step ahead of me on this. Um, so create an <laughs> online course that your customers are begging for. Um, and this is on June 30th. It's a free online workshop. You want to tell us a little bit about this workshop, Kate? Yeah, sure. So uh, I hold free online workshops every couple of months, but um, this one here is really just to help people understand, and, and this probably goes back to like some of those uh, industries that you were talking to earlier that may not have even thought about um, the fact that they could even have another stream of income through an online course. And so this is sort of helping them distinguish do they have a need for it or a, you know, a customer desire for it or not? So I guess it's a repel and attract. And uh, a lot of my, the people that I work with as well, they just don't know. They, there's so much, there's so much that they could teach that they can't um, refine it down to, you know, uh, one online course or a, a bite-sized piece. So that's what this is about, being able to create an online course or digital product that actually your customers are banging down the door for. That They're like, can you hurry up and make that? Because we want to know. Because if you're in like a coach, for example, a business coach, and you're working one-to-one -one with people, um, you know, you're not working in a group capacity. You're at, you can get at full capacity. And then you don't have, you want to serve more people. You want to give as much value as you can. And you can do that through an online course. So the easiest way to create that online course is based around those topics that people are asking you for the most. Um, that's Absolutely. what's going to be natural naturally that you can answer. Yeah. 
That's yeah. awesome. So whether you're getting your feet wet for the first time or you're an experienced course creator, I do highly recommend checking out what um, what Kate's doing with this workshop. The online course world is a way to diversify your income, as she mentioned. It's also a fantastic platform uh, to help if you have a retention based business model. For instance, if you have a gym, um, right, and your gym is built on a monthly recurring revenue, you're supposed to keep people interested month after month. Um, well, there's all sorts of gyms out there that are also adding on the online course component to it. Most of them may be way ahead of you. However, I will say that one of the biggest reasons why courses fail is that is content overwhelm, is they put too much in there. They try to be too much to too many people Absolutely. or they try to take off too much at once rather than creating a gamified system where it's streamlined and you're helping people get from point A to point B. Um, there's a lot of ways to do this. Uh, it's very important to build momentum and to do this uh, one step at a time for most cases. Um, so Kate's yeah. a great person to work with on that. Any final thoughts you'd like to share about your vision um, or about what you or where people should connect with you, Kate? Yeah, sure. I'm, I hang out on LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, and in the Kajabi community uh, most days. Um, but I guess, yeah, the vision I've, uh, as, you, as you've already heard, come through this process of um, online entrepreneurship through testing the waters, seeing what I could help people with, virtual assistance, social media, into full-blown Kajabi. I've been full-time doing um, this business for two and a half years now. Uh, I still held on to some part-time work at the start. And um, my vision moving forward is to be able to help more people. Whether that's through an online course myself <laughs> is yet to uh, be decided. But um, actually, I'm helping people more on consulting side of things as well now too. So I uh, still do the done-for-you services, building your Kajabi sites, websites, online courses and everything. Um, but I'm also helping consult because I think uh, some people just need that helping hand or to launch their webinar or to launch their course um, as well. And what to understand what all the logistics and tasks are so uh, that's something that i'm moving into as well now um and it will allow me to work with more people as well free up my time to help more people that's awesome well kate thanks so much for being here today vision pros we appreciate you drop any questions you have in the comments um if you have an opinion as well on on courses and what you should do to build online courses or how online products are revolutionizing the world we'd love to hear from you and everybody have a fantastic evening. We will see you on tomorrow's show. Take care, everybody. Thanks, Bye -bye. Jackson. Bye, guys. Thank you for being here today. I'm really happy that you tuned in to Vision Pros Live. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing your reactions as these episodes continue to move forward. We optimize them as the months go by. This is going to get more and more fun. Um, we'll have more and more engagement as well. We'll invite people to participate in the show. And thank you for, uh, for giving us your time and attention and have an excellent time.